Welcome to another episode of the Protein Bros Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Wasserman. With me, as always, is my co-host, Kyle Combs. What's going on, guys? And today, we have some awesome guests on here. Some of the very first friends we made here in Kansas City. Owners of Identity Chiropractic, Eric and Alyssa Phillips. Say hi, guys. Welcome, guys. Hello. Thank you for having us on. Welcome on. First time having uh, chiropractors on. You guys are a, a first. So if you guys are not familiar, the basis of the Protein Bros podcast is to bring on people who have taken their love and passion for fitness, wellness, health, and turned it into an actual full-time career. It is extremely difficult to take that passion and turn it into some kind of a, a full-time career, especially with longevity. And um, we've been uh, friends with Eric and Alyssa since they were in school, and it's just been incredible to watch their you know maturation and, and turn into a, a thriving business uh, from being a student to you know being a husband and wife and being able to turn that into a business together is something you just don't see, uh, especially because we're I think four years in now, basically close to on your guys's business, and uh, they're still happily married. Yeah. So yeah. working together yeah. side by Managed side is their only coworkers. Yeah, I mean yeah. accomplishment. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are your only coworkers, right? Yes. Minus the dogs. But what, how many dogs get to come to work every day? Three. They're all three inside of Identity every day? Yes. All of them. So I know my spot on the totem pole. <laughs> You're fourth. <laughs> That's awesome. What are the names of your dogs for the listeners? They need to know because, Luke, whenever you do the YouTube on this, I need you to make the pictures because they're all awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you some really good pictures of them too. So we have uh, Bogey. He is a golden retriever. He's 15 years old. Still he just turned 15, right? Mm-hmm. He did. Love that guy. He's in great shape too. Uh, we have Charlie. He's a little Morky, and he is nine years old. And then Oliver, our young pup, Golden Retriever, he is two and a half years old. That's where, awesome. Where did you guys uh, get the Golden Retriever? I, I love Golden Retrievers. Well, you got two, but where did you get the newest one? Uh, I'll throw him a shout out. So it's a, a company out of Columbia, Missouri. Um, no fault at that, but um, <laughs> they uh, Hate Creek Golden or Hate Creek Acres Goldens is what yeah. it is. But they do an incredible job with them. So he's he's a great dog. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my wife's been talking slowly, trying to talk me into getting a second dog, and I'm like, the only way that I'm going to get a second dog if it's a golden retriever, because like we were talking about earlier, you know, Airbud was such an inspiration <laughs> for me when I was a child. And the, and the brave little toaster. And, hey, <laughs> come on, dude. <laughs> Sold Kyle need down the river to know the one. Brave Little Toaster. If you don't, if you didn't watch the Brave Little Toaster when you were a kid, then you. I believe out. there was a sequel to it too, Kyle. Like there might have been a second one that you might know, need to show Clara and, and Maddie. You would only know if there was a sequel to the Brave Little Toaster. Why would I? Because you know more about trivia and random useless information than anybody I know. You were the anybody. one that you were the one that brought up Brave Little Toaster, and now I'm getting. It's a standalone, is what I'm saying. It's a standalone product. You know, I don't think it needs to be a sequel. I guess you're right. I guess you should tell that to Air Bud, the other movie you just referenced. It had 17 (laughs) sequels and prequels. I've never seen any of them. There was a golden receiver where he was literally a freaking football player. This is true. Out there catching balls with his mouth. (laughs) They had to to obviously like deflate the footballs a little bit. No dogs catching a ball. Even as a child, there's only so much that I can believe. Like dog playing basketball. I Yeah. Okay. I can believe that dog playing football. No. Too much for me. They put like you little can't tackle bu- they a put dog. little shoes on him too, which yeah. is the best part. When he walked in, with he had like the little he had like the little Jordans on, <laughs> like which, incredible. So what What was you guys' favorite movies as a kid? Oh gosh, I don't know. We were talking about this earlier. I think Toy Story's got to be one of them. It's got to be. Uh, Toy, Toy Story is obviously you know up there with the best of the best. I it came out when I was four or five, and I got to go to Disney World, which by the way, the last time I went, I was 
I believe five or six years old. And I got to eat. Still want to go back. I haven't been back. I mean, like, dude, I think it'll be full circle when I have kids of my own. But I'm not against Disney, dude. I love Disney. And when I went, I went to Pizza Planet. They had, love they had a Pizza Planet at Disney World. And it might have been like, the, I mean, like, obviously the memory still serves me well to this day. It was incredible. They had the claw game with the little aliens in it. I was literally about to ask if you played. I absolutely, I absolutely <laughs> did. And I didn't get one. I didn't get one, but like, dude, I'm, as a kid, you thought like Pizza Planet would have been like the coolest place to go when you watched Toy Story One, and so I got to go, and that's why Disney's so great, man. It makes uh, obviously like what you see in the movies come true. It's pretty crazy. And I still want to go at 31. Yeah, Pizza I would love Planet. to go to Pizza Let's Planet. Go. Alyssa, what was your favorite? Um, I don't know. This is an important know. question. You know what I'm saying? You better think about it. Mine was the Sandlot. Not even close to being a cartoon. You don't wait. You you just dis, you disgusted by the Sandlot? That wasn't a favorite movie. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you weren't okay. a you weren't a boy. I get it. <laughs> it was I'm like trying to think of like, my. It would have been the equivalent of me saying Babysitters Club was my favorite. You know what I mean? Yeah. Remember Babysitters Club? Yep. Oh, you yeah. liked Pocahontas. I see. That's the first movie yeah. that I went to in theaters. That yep. was the first thing that popped in my head. Actually, so. I think about like what Gotta my go sister it liked now. it when was we were it, kids. Is and that I would just song Blue Horn Moon or is it Blue Corn Moon? We've always had this <laughs> argument. <laughs> When you're singing along, uh, it's blue corn moon for sure. It's blue corn moon, but people are like, it's blue horn moon. I'm like, it's corn. It, they're, they're Native Americans. Uh, I what think it would actually be maize then. Alyssa, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're allowed to talk on this too. I know. I'm just thinking. I'm singing the song in my head. Have you ever heard the wolf cry from the what? Guys, it, we are going blue to talk about moon. business at some point during this podcast. But as this, for right now, this is also an important question. What's your favorite Christmas movie? You can't think Elf. about your... Elf is your favorite? That was quick. She's like, I've already watched it six times. Don't talk to me like that. Yeah. Don't be a rookie. How many times have you watched I, Elf so far? I actually haven't watched it at all this year yet. It's been Home Alone this year. Yep. Chris, Home Alone's probably mine. Home Alone's number one good. or number, number one. two? Number one. Number one. Ooh, we've had, a, we've had a long argument about Home Alone uh, versus Home Alone. Uh, uh, one number two. two is pretty dope. It see, is. see, I do like number two, but how many times can you lose your kid? Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that's number like, three. Number three, no one likes. Oh, yeah. Well, number, number three, three wasn't, like, even, yeah. wasn't like, even Kevin McAllister at number no. three. But number one, you, there was a little bit of mystery what was going to happen. Yeah, obviously, it got left at home alone. But number two, you're like, okay, it's going to happen again. But Here, the, 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 the stunts and everything that happened, they were Here's my thing with two level. is yeah. that that toy store that they had in two, I mean, come on. Did Duncan, you not Duncan's want toy chest. Duncan's toy chest? Yeah, Duncan's <laughs> toy chest. <laughs> Let's go. That I, I wanted to go there. That was like the. Would you thing. have picked the turtle doves, or would you have picked something else on the tree? I obviously uh, would have picked something else. I'd have been like, I don't want this bullshit. Can <laughs> yeah. I get a toy? Yeah. He's like <laughs> Duncan, which remember it ended up being Duncan, the guy in the end, the old guy. He's like, let me make a suggestion. These two turtle doves. <laughs> And I was like, that is so weak. share with someone special. (laughs) I was like, if my grandpa suggested two turtle doves, I'd be like, absolutely not. There's like G.I. Joe's on this tree. What are we doing? What are are we doing here, Turtle doves can't shoot anything, dude. I don't want them. Yeah. Let me give you these ceramic ornaments and see how long they last with a 10-year-old. Oh, my gosh. So, so guys, I don't know if you noticed, that toy store was actually an FAO Schwartz uh, in New York City. And unfortunately, it's out of business. But... I would have loved to go into that toy store just like Pete's Planet. That would have been crazy. I always have thought that that would be a cool business uh, to start would be a toy store and you break open like a ton of toys and it just becomes like a place where kids want to go and play toys and, Try you know, the toys yeah. yeah. Didn't they, I mean, wasn't that like most toy stores? No. 
Are you talking no, about dude. breaking them out in the store? Yeah, I'm talking about like you want to ride the cars, you want to you know not play like with GI Joes, yeah, not you want KB to do toys. But yeah, I'm with you on that. Like there should be at least be like a little like play area where you can try out toys. I mean everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Customer not? experience. Yes. You know? I wonder how many toys like sucked that when you opened them, so they were like, "Don't do that." Yeah. And also, should, here, here, this is just my opinion because I'm a, a parent. Is you should have uh, also in the back of the store a bar where you can go chill as an as the you know the so parents it's like bar cave, but yeah. like for kids for sure. And you there let your you kids just run around and like play with toys and stuff. And so then it's like tumble drum or, or you don't or have like to parent a, them. You know, yeah. you just Chuck E. Cheese kind of. <laughs> Does Chuck E. Cheese serve? Does Chuck E. Cheese serve booze? Anybody know? I don't no know. The, the, what's that meme where they talk that's about right. Chuck E. Cheese? Uh, it was a rat. They have like the pizza that's, you know, disgusting. And it was uh, saying like, oh, like, let's take our kids to a place where it's like a bunch of people that are like basically like, you know, horrendous, like just scary monsters, <laughs> you know, like a giant rat playing the guitar. Did you guys uh, go to a Chuck E. Cheese's kids? We didn't have it. Like he was a giant rat. Like that's freaking yes. weird to think about. He wasn't a mouse. He had wildy coyote. Yeah, but they had a great band. All yeah. of them together. You know, dude. <laughs> all there, of them together. <laughs> there's like an arcade bar that actually has, okay, this is messed up. I have a video of it somewhere. But, you know, on Martini Corner downtown, there was a there was a there there was was an arcade bar that opened up where somebody paid the money to get the entire, like, band from a Chuck E. Cheese or one of those places. Like, five animatronic giant animals playing like the piano the guitar like the, the like the saxophone and then they would literally have them play like t-pain apple bottom jeans and they were all playing it and i have video of it it was incredible like they were sinking they were sinking all their mouths opening like turning their heads and playing the instruments to like new rap so like the dj would have that group that thing going the whole night it was wild i think that's a good marketing technique for chuck e cheese right now because the kids don't care about the band so no. bring, you got to get the parents interested somehow. So play some of those songs for them the whole time. Absolutely. While anything, pizza. To, anything nostalgia, you know, sign me up. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. I videoed it. I'll show you guys. So. Chuck E. Cheese just got decimated where I'm from by uh, Discovery Zone. Discovery Zone came in there. And we just, had Discovery Zone as well. Yeah. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. I loved it. There was like a slide that was made out of like nothing but like, I don't know, like uh, like rolling wheels. Imagine like mm-hmm. it's the literally just. Pins. Yeah, like that. Yeah, it was a whole slide base like that. They had like the giant. You got your fingers caught in them. Right. Right. <laughs> That's always a liability somewhere in those. Uh, tumble drum. Did you guys have those? Nope. Tumble um, drum nothing. was just like a, you know, classic, like a, like almost like a giant McDonald's like play place, but like, you know, on steroids, there was like 10 of them. And um, all those places all are where had, you like, take your rooms. kids to build their, their immune system. Yep. <laughs> You're wanting to build a kid's immune system. You just go dump them in a ball pit somewhere yep. and uh, it'll. <laughs> Have you guys ever been to a place where the ball pit got shut down because a kid took a dump in there? (laughs) That kid was Jeff. (laughs) That was at multiple parties where that happened. Where like they were like, "There's one common denominator." You were there. That's exactly what I was going to go with. I would have peed, but I would never have pooped. So three out of four of us, that never happened. And every time it happened, you were there. You didn't even have a tumble drum. You guys aren't even part of this conversation. Oh god! Never been to a ball pit that got shut down on kids poop. Man, you guys no. never lived. I was what about a bounce house? Dude, never there either. Man, that, that, your turd's <laughs> not hiding in there. <laughs> Can you imagine how funny that would be? They're just jumping up. Kids running out no, after. No, but kids are still jumping, and all of a sudden, just like a baby Ruth, just flying up in the air. Like, <laughs> oh how funny God. that would have been. All right. 
Oh, so, my gosh. So, Bax, you guys work on those. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, anyways, now that we're done talking about dumps and uh, bounce houses. <laughs> so, so we met Eric and Alyssa. I want to say, was it in our store or was it like at World Gym maybe? It's 2016. This is... This is before you guys opened, yeah. so I don't it think was it was at, in store. It was at the show. You were doing uh, natural show. southern states. Yep, yep. Yeah. And uh, we were like, "Hey, we're coming to town." How did, did you hear about our company before we had uh, ever met you? Honestly, no. no. Yeah. So I want to say maybe Justin Williams introduced us when we were at World Gym, and you guys were filming. You guys were a, a Fitzgram couple at the time. That, yeah, that you were working. You true. were working on it. You guys think, had cameras. I think we were working with a company where we had to do blogs and video posts and stuff like that at that time. Yes. What was the name of that? Uh, health host. Health. Health host. Health right? host. Yeah. Health yeah. host. Um, is it in business today? I don't think so. That you can still find the website. But do you still not. have equitable shares in it? Uh, outstanding. Yeah. But yeah. it's hard to pay those out when the income of the company. I'll never $0. forget. Justin was like, "Yeah, man, they're giving us ownership." And he's like, we'll just see how it goes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was like, I went on the internet, like I, I, I signed up for it to support and all that. And I just remember thinking in my head, like, yeah, I think, I think we all know what's go- where this is going. Everybody why, knew. Why, why don't you Alyssa guys specifically <laughs> that's laughing the hardest? Yeah. Why, why don't you guys talk to us about, you know, your background as far as in fitness and um, what led you guys down the road of wanting to be chiropractors? It's a great question, Kyle. Okay. Yeah. I'll let Alyssa go first. So. It was a pretty good question. It was, you know, second to my uh, what's your favorite Christmas movie question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My background in fitness. Or what what got you into chiropractic? Okay. Mm -hmm. What got me into chiropractic was um, I was a freshman in college and I had hurt my neck and I couldn't turn my head. So I went to a chiropractor and he fixed my neck, but he had also talked to me about, um, asked me if I ever felt sick every day or if I had acid reflux or anything. And every day I'd puke at like three in the afternoon because I had severe acid reflux and he had worked on my diaphragm. So just below my rib cage and I didn't puke for like the next four days. And I came back and I was like, okay, so what'd you do? You fixed my neck, but I don't really care about that. And I didn't puke. So I learned how to release my diaphragm and like relax my stomach so that I wasn't puking every day. And I didn't have to be on like four medications because he was the fourth doctor I talked to about this. The first three all had prescribed me a ton of meds that anytime I took them, I'd puke more. And um, I just, I didn't take anything with him. And it was just awesome that I was like, okay, well, you helped me. I'd like to do that for other people. Yeah. I mean, that was obviously a profound thing, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it was changed your life, literally. Yep. Wow. I had no idea. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. How about you, Eric? Um, so kind of going along with Kyle's question, I played sports all my life, um, struggled with some back pain growing up as I was uh, getting taller, and then some ankle pain. Went to a chiropractor. She helped me a lot. Um, I really liked the naturopathic way that she helped me instead of prescribing medication. Um, and then I was always interested in um, health and wellness and, and helping people. Um, I looked at osteopathic school. I looked at medical school. Um, but kept coming back to uh, the naturopathic way of, of helping people and really changing their life permanently instead of um, masking it or giving them something to... Yeah, some uh, kind of Band-Aid. Yeah, as a Band-Aid. Um, and the, the challenge of uh, chiropractic really kind of interested me too because you don't have the... When you don't have those resources to be able to help someone and say, hey, just take this muscle relaxant, you have to think outside the box and uh, really, really assess how you can help them. And, and that challenge really interested me too. Yeah, the uh, 
speaking about, you know, all the different avenues you were, ta- you were thinking about taking as far as helping people, um, it seems like more and more in America, um, people rush to the quick fix, you know? It seems like people are always rushing to find the next drug that can help them or find, you know, the next surgery that can help them. Um, you know, I had a screwed up back. You guys obviously worked with me with my back for a long time. And, um, you know, I'd talked to doctors that were like uh, talking about fusions and stuff too early. (laughs) And it's like, you know, I think that, um, you know, what you guys do is, is great for, um, great for basically being able to steer somebody away from that, you know, um, instead of going the quick route because, you know, drugs and and surgeries, there's unintended consequences that come with all that stuff. And a lot of people don't know it, especially general population. If you're not into fitness, um, you know, when I talk to people that are general population, I'm like, you don't need to, you know, that doesn't need to be what you do right away. Mm -hmm. You should be doing, you know, you should take this route, this route, this route before you go down the road of like being on a drug that you're going to have to be there on the rest of life or, you know, uh, taking a surgery that's going to be, you know, change your physiology for the rest of your life. So I've always uh, really admired what you guys did, you know, what you guys have chosen to do and the help that you give people. What are you doing, dude? Pulling up my water. (laughs) God damn. So, so I know you've had I literally to, lost my train of thought like four times talking because Jeff's like, what should like, I do with this cup? So. Give me, give me my water. <laughs> so I know you had physical therapy too, and that seemed to yeah. help you a lot as yeah. well. I think that's the, the most important thing. Obviously surgery and, and medications and uh, drugs can be necessary in some instances, but I think the most important thing is like truly listen to someone, figuring out, getting a good, di- accurate diagnosis, and then giving them um, the skill set and teaching the skill set through your practice, whether it's physical therapy or chiropractic or massage therapy, but helping them learn their body and why they're having this problem yeah. and then giving them the tools to kind of take care of themselves. That's the most important thing to us. And that's what physical therapy, a good chiropractor does as well. Yeah. I ended up, you know, working with you and working with Aaron from squat university. I just re- started to realize that like, Oh, I move like shit. And when you do that for a long time, then eventually you're going to have some yeah. kind of breakdown and you're not going to feel for good for, for for sure. And, yeah. the, and your problem is you're so strong and have done it so long that you can mask it for an extended a period of time. And then when you do that, you're moving like shit. Like you said, yeah. it takes a lot to work back into moving efficiently and uh, so it exacerbates the issue a bit. Yeah, yeah. But but as an athlete, you're really resilient. You get used to it and you can accommodate for that until you can't. And then that's when you end up with pain and, uh, and you have to rework a lot. And I have a, I honestly have a lot of questions for you guys with stuff like that. But I want to continue with your story. And how you guys got open and so forth. And then I want to get dive deeper into chiropractic practice and yep. what makes you guys unique and, and, and kind of what you guys are working towards moving forward. But we get we go. Uh, you're an undergrad. You're at KU. Yep. Is that right? Were you at Truman? Truman State. Yep. Truman State University. Right. And so once you guys got done with that um, was home for you, Eric, was that Kansas City before? Yeah. You're from this area as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm from Overland Park. I went to uh, Blue Valley Northwest. And OK, then just left for school and came back. Awesome. So. Alyssa, what's your, what's your backstory? Um, I'm from Sioux City, Iowa. Very and cool. And so I went to KU and I didn't even know there was other options of chiropractic schools. And I was like, well, this one's close by, so I can just go here. And then, so I just chose to come here. At Cleveland? Yep. Right? Is Cleveland affiliated with KU in any way? No, not at all. Gotcha. So we met you guys. You were both at Cleveland, and you guys actually met at Cleveland as well, right? Yeah. Wasn't yeah. it like day one or something crazy like that? Uh, the second day. Okay. I'm not that quick. Let's talk about this. <laughs> Let's talk about this because it's a good story. It was love at first sight. 
for him. <laughs> I like when she tells a story. I get. Um, I so day two, he came into a classroom and made eye contact with me, and then sat down. I think we've got to pause for a second. He immediately has to tell something. Because first off, I do, I do. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was sitting at a table with uh, this guy, Marcus Yarachek. I don't know if you guys know who that is. Um, uh-huh. He was in my class and. Uh, he was talking about all the girls that were there, and I was like, yeah, I know. Like, there's some okay-looking girls, but I was like, that one right there, that's the one I'm going to talk to. And I specifically pointed to Alyssa. I don't know why I picked her out, but I did that day. He doesn't know why he picked you out. I really don't. <laughs> like, I just, I just found her attractive, yeah. like, drawn to her. Um, but I, I was, like, not super serious until the second day, and there was a seat open next to her. So I was like, well, I mean, let's, let's just try Time to shoot out. your shot, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to preface Continue that. On. No, you got it now. Yeah. Um, so he sat down next to me and asked me if I had the, the like worksheet survival hand survival kit yeah. to school, which is like a Dropbox that has all old tests, um, all the old answers, like literally any study guide you'd need. And I was like, No, I don't. Uh, how can I get it? Can I get your phone number? And he was like, Ah, I don't get my number out that easily. And I was like, Oh. Damn. Okay. And then 30 seconds later, he's like, actually, here you go. <laughs> and then handed it to me. And then she's like, he's like, I, I tried my hand at a joke there. She took it serious. And I was like, wait a she's second. She's like, all right, never mind. No, she thought I was being sarcastic. I was like, oh, he's sassy. Okay. But yeah. the sad part is it wasn't 30 seconds that I held off. It was like three. I was like, oh, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't let it marinate. No. He was just like, no, all right, never mind. Just joking. Three and then mind. there has to have been, there had to have been a text exchange that wasn't I'm, you know, here for the study guide. <laughs> so we're, we're diving a little deeper into this story now. It started slow. It started we slow. Went we went to uh, Starbucks uh, just for Study lunch. date. Yeah. yeah. Actually, it was like the, I think this was like the third day, and we just went there and talked for like three hours, and then she said she had to leave to go take care of her dog. That, that, uh, did you buy her coffee is the question. Honestly, don't remember. Mm. What's Charlie's Instagram? We've we've mentioned Charlie twice. We need to plug him. He's got an awesome Instagram. Charlie Dean 22. That's right. (laughs) Charlie Dean. Not Sir Charles Dean, I believe, is what we've called him in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets his own plug. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) You're good. But uh, yeah, I think it was, um, we met at the coffee shop and then kind of transpired from there. Yep. Man, still been loving coffee ever since too. No. No, that Never. was just a safe spot, man. <laughs> I thought you like opened up across from a coffee shop on purpose. <laughs> Anywho, so, so sorry, go ahead, Chris. Wh- go ahead. What I was gonna say is, you know, after you guys got done with school, obviously there's some some different options you have after you graduate from chiropractic school. You can open up your own practice. You can go work for somebody else. What, what would you guys say is the traditional route there? What do most people do? Your would, classmates, if you will. I would say 75% of them go work for someone else and 25% will try to open their own. How many of those 25% that you know are still going? Still going or like successful? Because I Good mean, question. you can drag it out for quite a while if you want. Um, They're all owner operator, I'm assuming in this yeah. instance, right? And unfortunately, it's, it's, it's a, like you said earlier, it's kind of a tough profession to really uh, build a company and be successful, whatever you deem that as. But um, probably into the 10 to 15%. Good. So. Well, I mean, like I'm glad at least half of them are, you know, uh, forging ahead. I mean, it's tough. So it means that like out of every 10, ki- you know, 10 people that graduate from chiropractic school, one of them will have a successful, you know, private practice in the yeah. first five years. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. like they can all, everybody can all get there eventually. You know yeah, what I mean? For but, sure. Um, you know, it's either, you know, 
learn a lot of, you know, make a lot of mistakes and learn on somebody else's dime or have to have that risk of doing it on your own, but being further along, you know what I mean? Uh, in, yep. in the future. So, um, how, what was that decision like for you guys as far as when did you kind of know that you guys wanted to go in on it together, uh, versus joining up with another chiropractic office? And also the, and this is the last thing I'll, uh, this is a separate question actually altogether. But when you're in Kansas City and you're in the same city as where the office or where the school was, yeah. um, you got to feel like there's going to be some saturation in the market of where your school is, right? There's a lot of chiropractors going out in the field in the same city that they all went to school in, and that's got to make it tougher, right? Yeah. You so. would think it did, uh -huh. but I think we only work on like less than 10% of the population, like just chiropractors in general. Right. So there's so many people that you can't really saturate enough so so what she's saying is uh utilization of chiropractic and probably johnson county or in kansas city is a little bit higher 10 to 12 percent um with that being said though there are a lot of chiropractors so if you're going after that market um you're going to be fighting for patients with all of those people so, right so the opportunity lies in educating people on chiropractic and how it can be different um and kind of getting people to think outside of the box instead of the box that people typically put us in right um which well, is an uphill battle it's the same sure. thing that you guys deal with with your your business with uh supplement stores and how they treat their customers and how they sell to people um and trying to break that mold and really give them a, a good experience and and a culture that they want to be a part of mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I mean, for, for us, it's uh, when when people have that preconceived notion, I'm sure it's the same for you guys, uh, we actually uh, invite that kind of comparison because when you stand next to somebody who is doing something like that or a chiropractor who's not as good as uh, doesn't deliver on the service that you deliver on, um, it makes you look that much better because there's a comparison, you know, to have. Yeah, you're excited for them to try, try out the competition because yep. you just know that. No one's going to out care. Job. Yeah. No one's going to out care about the the client like you guys do. And like yeah. you said, like you're not in the business of selling them chiropractic uh, and saying like, "Hey, let me get you on these like five sessions. I'm going to make you come back for this over and over again." I remember you told me that exact story. It's, it's Eric. about it's about twenty five sessions usually, and it's in the thousands they usually charge. The hard part is really the education and getting people to truly understand that and believe in you because. Um, what I've learned is people don't know what they don't know. So they think that going to a doc that says, hey, you need $3,000 worth of care over six months, even if it's something simple, is normal. So we have to kind of break that stigma and really show them that, hey, this isn't normal. You can get better faster. We can teach you the skill sets and tools that you need to take care of yourself. But you, we just have to figure out how to get them in the office and show them that. And that's right. what we try to do through social. That too, experience. So, um, so, so going, rewinding back a little bit, what made you guys, what was the number one thing that made you guys want to go out on your own? I didn't want to work for someone else. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys do any boss. kind of internship or anything to like let you really truly know that, Alyssa? Like, um, did you have a negative experience maybe with another uh, boss? Maybe that made you think in your head, like, you know what? I, I feel like I could do this on my own better. Um, so the chiropractor that really like changed my mind and made me want to be a chiropractor, I did a full semester internship with him my senior year of college. And I ran his whole office because his... Um, CA, she left on maternity leave for two months. So I was a student running his office for free. 
And I was like, that's I can a good do this. deal for him. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was a great deal for him. And it was a really good learning experience for me. So I learned how to talk to insurance companies. I learned how to talk to patients. I learned how to bring them in. I learned how to do like a new patient exam. Oh, you had to build the schedule out and stuff yes. too, right? I mean, so you learned how to every, run a business basically. Yes. Yeah, you ran and the business. So when we first started, I had all of that knowledge. So I was more like the background side and he loved social media so he could do all of the social media. Um, but I was like, I can do this. Like, we'll be fine as long yeah. as we just are okay with asking people to pay us. Yeah. That was like his first hang up. And then I was uh, like, and, no, we and deserve what's the, this. And what's the other difference here? Like asking people to pay us versus what? Like, because you're just a new student out of, or you're just a new doc out of school like, do I deserve the money yet? Oh, uh, you had the With imposter you. syndrome. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. How, how, how am I supposed to charge when I don't have any experience? Exactly. That's valid for most people. Yes. Right. Yep. For sure. Yep. Yeah. The, uh, you know, there is no getting over. I always, you know, tell people that, you know, in any profession, it's just, there is no getting over it. You just have to do the work over and yep. over and over again. And that it, builds confidence. And I want to make this clear too. It's not fake it till you make it no. here situation. Um, a lot of people use that phrase and it's like, no, 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 It's trust in your actual learning yep. that you've done. And, and if you feel genuine and that you can genuinely help people, then go start helping people yep. yeah. and don't wait for somebody's permission. And don't just go start. About it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, the infamous like bodybuilding, you know, cause I know that you had a bodybuilding background, Eric, um, you know, when we first met and it's like the amount of people that are like, Hey, I'm going to charge for coaching, you know, after I've done a show or two. And it's like, uh, I mean, yeah, you can talk a lot of smack on that, but at least they've done it. At least they can at least help you along the way. I'm not going to say I'm the best coach, you know, yeah. if someone's going to, but it's like the amount of people that hate on people that charge for coaching. It's like, well, when do you get the, uh, when do you get the, okay, do you have to be a pro? Yep. Do you have to have done two shows? Like, when are you okay with it for somebody to do it? Cause they didn't take it. your like, they didn't take the same route as you. There's just a lot of hate when it comes to the I think fitness community I, I, on that. And I'm just like, dude, no, when is there, it okay? There is yeah. some benefit though. I think, you know, when you have the mixture of formal education plus experience, when those two things kind of merge together, that's when you have somebody that you can kind of really trust. And I think you can charge top dollar if you're that person too. Yeah, you know what I mean? But sure. it's one of those things where there's a clientele out there that's looking for the, just got done with their first show yes. and they'll pay you 50 bucks. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's all, that's all they needed and that's fine. You know? Yeah. The, um, so you guys, you decided you're going to go into business for yourself. Yep. Um, what's the scariest part when you guys were going through that process? Cause I remember when you guys first got the space and you guys, you know, were building it out. What was the first uh, moment where you're like, Holy shit, what are we doing? So, uh, I, I just never really wanted to work for someone. And I did a lot of research on how much you can make as an associate when you get out. And it just made no sense not to just, what, can jump. I ask for the listener? What, what is that number that you researched? Um, in Kansas City, the average associate probably is making around forty thousand dollars. But and, and the associate here is someone who's going to be performing chiropractic under, on on clients underneath, underneath a, an owner. Yeah, yeah. So they have a lot of times you have to kind of adhere to whatever uh, treatment styles or techniques. Not always, but a lot of times if you are an associate and you're you're going to be seeing a lot of patients, working a lot of hours, you'll be doing a lot of extracurricular marketing, um, office works. So you're working a lot more hours. Um, and the potential for growth is just not that great. And when you just think about, if you just ran simple numbers in your head, if you saw that many patients on your own, um, you would see how much you're not getting paid. For and, sure. And that already um, just made me want to jump into doing that. Um, and I, I guess the scariest thing, honestly, is just 
it's like every entrepreneur, right? Like it's up and down every single day. Um, and sometimes that same day is just knowing where your next, I don't want to say sales going to come from, but when it comes down to it, if people don't come in the door, you're, you're not making a, a livelihood. So, yeah, yeah. um, knowing where your next customer, knowing where your next patient's going to come from. Um, and then the ups and downs, cause you'll have a good week. And then the next week you'll be like, well, what the hell happened? What are yeah, we going to do, you, what are we do now? Right. We, we have, we have no now. appointments here and then we so, have, yeah, we, we have too many on this week. And I, and I struggle with that the most when it's, when it slows down, because I'm one of those that like, I understand it's going to be up and down. And as long as it's trending upwards, great. But when we have a slow week, I am stressed <laughs> and Alyssa's just like, it's going to be okay. No yeah. worries. We'll figure it I'm, out. I don't know how she does it. I, I remember. Uh, you guys are such yeah, a perfect compliment to each other on that. I it's told, amazing. Yeah. On the way over here, I was like, I am anxious as hell. And she's like, why? She's like, I feel like I'm not enough for you. And I was like, thank God I have you. Because like, if I didn't have you, <laughs> who would calm me down? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, the problem is I just want to make, uh, give ourselves a better lifestyle and uh, provide for my family so much. And for you that like, man, that's making me anxious because you are that much actually more. So yeah, man. That, you know, I think the for me, it's always the night before, you know, we open a new store or the fir- the night before the first store that we open. I remember just laying in bed and just being like, is anyone going to show up tomorrow? Like, are we literally going to make any sales? Does anybody care about Dude, I think what that we do? about every store we open. <laughs> yeah. And you have to ground yourself so much. My mom the other day was like, do you remember when you were sitting at your job and you were sitting there for like three hours waiting for someone to come in? And I was like... <laughs> I do. Thanks, yeah. mom. Thank you for reminding me now. Like, life's good. Yeah. I should not complain. I remember you telling me that, like, your family's asking, like, what are you going to do if this doesn't work out? And oh, they gosh. actually ask you, like, hey, like, what's your plan B? Yeah. I had some family members that were like, I don't know if that's a great idea if they should open. And I was like, I, I wanted to have some choice words, but I was like, that's you know, some fuel. Just, yeah, you just it go out there and show them, like, like, okay, fine, thank you. Yeah, thank you appreciate for the inspiration. That yeah, <laughs> business. Uh, you is supported me better than what you think you did just <laughs> yeah. by saying that. Business like. is such a it's a balancing act of of being grateful for for where you are versus in the past and also still being hungry. And uh, you can't be too far on either end of those spectrums. If you're too grateful, then you become complacent. If you're too hungry, then you become like miserable. hundred yeah. percent. We yeah. literally, that's exactly the conversation we had over here because I was saying like, I'm so grateful. I have so many great things going on in my life right now. Um, but so I, I don't so want to more. be yeah. complacent. Yeah, no, yeah. no, any successful business owner will tell you they're not complacent. There's no way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you and stop you, growing, you, got, you sink. You guys know, that, uh, um, uh, Noah Olson. Uh, he's a CrossFit guy out of uh, he's he's a CrossFit Games athlete, but he's got a brand that's called uh, um, Happy but Hungry, and I've always loved that uh, that analogy because yeah. he's always he always is like tagging like he's like I'm happy but I'm also hungry to you know get better every yeah. day, and I always think about that. I love that catchphrase. Yeah, I think complacency um, is is hard to be self aware to at times. I think that you tell yourself you're smelling the roses, you're telling yourself you know you deserve. Uh, a break to go on a vacation, whatever. But I don't feel comfortable in those situations personally. And I, and I try to tell myself that I need to, but you're there and you're not really there, right? Like yeah. you're on this trip and me and Kyle have talked about it. Yeah. If we're on vacation for longer than basically three days, you're just like starving for your routine. Yep. You're yep. starving to get back to feeling like you're making some kind of progress or growth. And I think that might be my personality type. It might just be you're an entrepreneur. It doesn't matter what it is. It just, you know, um, you know, scheduled time off is so tough. Yeah. And if you don't take that time off, then it makes it's it awesome. even, it's worse. Yeah. Right. It's worse. Right. Same thing. It's a balancing act. We, uh, <laughs> are, and you know, ironically, and, and this isn't like a plug or anything, but this is actually our five year anniversary today oh. uh, from when we opened our first location. 
And uh, I was thinking on it that. It is a plug. No, yeah, I'm I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking <laughs> on it a lot today, you know. And uh, as I was thinking on it, I was thinking about all the things that, um, you know, like some of the struggles we'd gone through and looking through some old photos and fun stuff like that. And it's just like thinking about, you know, we had no employees. We had uh, our first employee literally um, because it's fun getting into these kind of stories because it's like you would definitely thought like, this is gonna be, like how the hell are we ever going to get through this? Our first employee was a guy who had shopped with us for years and he had moved to Kansas City. So he was already familiar with us, loved our brand, and we knew it had to be somebody like that that was going to do well for us to get started. And uh, he was making a salary job. He was making $40,000 a year and he was going to come work for us, you know, starting off minimum wage and just work his way up and be like our go-to person. We told him the stories about, you know, district managers within our company and how they were much they were making. And, you know, you can be on the very, very ground floor of this, you know. And so he believed and he quit and he came over and he helped and he helped us with our training. And yeah, it gets funny. So he helps us with our training and he helps us with building out the store and uh, we're paying him. And he says, um, you know, hey, guys, it's my last day. I'm going to go out with some friends, um, you know, that from work and we're going to have a few beers and stuff. If, that, if it's OK, I'd like to to come in uh, tomorrow morning and train and not come in tonight. We said, of course, man, your last day, it's work, you know, go do your thing. And uh, so the next morning rolls around, we, we, we call him, we don't hear from him. We text him, we don't hear from him. It's like noon, right? Like he was supposed to be there at 9 a.m. It's at 1230, I get a Facebook message and it's our, our only employee. And he says, hey man, um, not gonna lie, got pretty fucked up last night and uh, lost, <laughs> lost, my, my phone. lost my phone in an Uber, don't have a phone. You know, um, I'm like, does your car work? He said, yeah. I said, all right, then I'll see you as soon as possible. Right. He shows up, me and Kyle talk and we tell him, hey, man, you don't have a job here anymore. And that was it. And it was like the hardest thing ever because that was obviously our first guy. And we knew that he just quit his job. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but it was like, dude, you have this huge, huge opportunity. We're training you to get good at this job. And not only did you not get here at 9 a.m. like you said you're supposed to, your car worked. Yeah. You know, so it was like it was a day of training, you know, have you, you guys, were three hour, three and a half hours late to work? What are you, you doing? <laughs> you know, so that was it. <laughs> have you guys uh, kicked around the idea of wading into the waters of uh, having a full time employee, an associate? Is that what you call them? You call them associates? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're working on that for this next oh, year. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. So that's a step of scaling. So yeah. identity is uh, is looking at giving you guys a little bit more freedom nowadays. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And that freedom can be done with whatever you'd like. But do you have aspirations? And this is some kind of jumping ahead here, but do you guys have aspirations of mul- mul- opening up multiple clinics at all? Uh, not particularly. I would rather just grow one clinic, um, be able to give us some time freedom, step away from that, and then work on other business avenues. Mm-hmm. So sure. one, one tangible location, but expand and in the sense of having multiple you know, rooms or multiple beds, whatever you call it. I'm sorry to call it what I don't know what the name of that is. Yeah, so it'd be just rooms or bays or whatever you want to call them. Sure. So, um, yeah, hopefully having um, two or three doctors, more so full-time, um, us two being part-time, more so managing, growing the business, trying to spread awareness, educate the, the population around here, um, and then transitioning to other business aspects too. So That's super well, interesting. Well, uh, what would you say, uh, so when you guys are looking for an associate, what values, um, from, from a chiropractic standpoint, what values do um, does associate need to come to the table with to basically get an, uh, a look by you guys or get uh, hired by you guys? Uh, 
Yeah, honestly, it's basic. It's it's treat people well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Be they, in it for the right reasons, yep. it sounds exactly. like. Yeah, because yeah. if, you, if, you, if you can treat people well and... We uh, can teach you how to adjust. To That's the easiest part. It's yeah. actually caring about each patient and each individual story and wanting to make them better. Hearing them out all the way, yep. you know, actually yep. listening to them all the way. Yep. Yeah, the, the stuff what you talked about with um, your diaphragm and, and, mm-hmm. and what did you call that? What did he do to it? He released it. Released it. it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, and so we were talking about like kind of the stigmas, you know what I mean? And I know I've said some stuff to you guys like, you know, like, yeah, Jeff, you don't really value chiropractic practices. And I was like, no, no, no. Jeff needs released. <laughs> I certainly do. <laughs> I certainly do, man. I got some digestion issues like crazy. Yeah, for real. For real though. Like I, I really definitely need some help. So, so here's my stigma. So when I worked as an hourly employee at Supplement Superstores in Springfield, Missouri, I had so many chiropractors and also um, you know, customers that were regular users of chiropractors, right? And what I kept on competing with chiropractors on was just like random supplements that only they could carry because there's like a whole weird like supplement um, marketing. Process. Yeah, there's this marketing um, tool that, you know, you can call a supplement brand only sold by doctors. Like you have to have a medical practice doctor in order to be able to sell these supplements, like they're medical grade. And this is honestly just some marketing BS. These supplements could be sold by anybody. Uh, but because this brand is branding themselves as only sold by doctors, it gives these doctors and obviously a leg up to be able to sell these supplements. So I'm like competing with these chiropractors and these patients are telling me like their fish oil is better than mine. And I'm like, I don't know how to sell you this, but no, it's not. Yep. You're just paying double for it. Um, sorry. You know, it's and another so revenue stream. Exactly. And I'm sure oh. in, in the world of chiropractic, exactly. you know, finding another revenue stream like that is pretty enticing. So, so we, yeah, we've got to approach with multiple yeah. uh, revenue streams like that. And that's why we choose to keep it a little bit more narrow is because I'm just, I'm not about throwing as much in there as I can to make Yeah. What else profit. can we make a dollar on you it's with, just, you know, also I'm not a professional in knowing everything about supplements. That's what you guys report. And it was nice having like, we have such a good relationship with you guys that I would rather just send them to you guys because you know way more about it because it's your daily job. It's mm-hmm. it's the same thing as, you know, when we uh, when a gym is selling supplements or, you know, people ask us, are you guys going to start a gym? And I'm like, that's not, you know, that's not what I'm an expert at. Yeah. You know, yeah, we're not going to throw like a little rig in the corner of our store and start charging <laughs> 10 bucks for it. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so when people are asking, think, like, we could put a little kiosk and sell supplements in here. I'm like, yeah, but you're on a supplement store. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The, like, have uh, you guys read the book, The One Thing? Yeah, they yeah. talk about that. It's like, hey, you need to figure out where where your revenue comes from and what you're an expert at and just hone in yeah. on that thing. Yep. And that's what's going to make you successful. Yep. And that always just stuck out to me. You know, every time I'll think about, you know, different things like, oh, we could do this. We could yeah. do this. And the raising, like, but that's the raising not the one thing. Example, yep. you know, yeah. like raising canes, man. One thing. They yep. sell chicken tenders. And that's that it. is it. <laughs> not even a sandwich, for God's sakes. Just tenders. They, they, they have the best uh, sauce. Dude, I have, I'm upset with raising canes. They don't have ranch. Well, yeah, ranch is bullshit. We've decided this on the last podcast. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Listen here, dude. You're amongst people that love ranch. I don't even have to ask. I feel like Alyssa Phillips loves ranch dressing. She she does. I do. See? You know why I know that? Because Alyssa and I are real friends, and I knew that looking in her eyes, she's a ranch person. And it's right. And I'm telling you right now, dude, you lost that battle 80% to 20%. Yeah, but I had the people that I had on my side. 
It was like, you know, like I had, I had some I literally <laughs> screenshot <laughs> somebody. Some all stars. Hey, hey, there hold was on, somebody hold on. That, that clearly Kyle First of all, disrespects. And I screenshot it, sent it to him. I said, this person loves blue cheese. Your argument is ruined. <laughs> First of all, if you guys are having wings, would you have it with blue cheese or ranch? Ranch. 100%. You don't count. Blue what? cheese. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, out of the two of you, who do you think knows more about food? Eric? More about food? Who knows? Who is more of a foodie? You or Alyssa? Not a desserty, a foodie. I said foodie. <laughs> me, me about food. Would you agree with this, Alyssa? Yeah. Dang it. See? Because he My likes argument's to try over. More, he likes to try more foods. I've gotten better, but I'm more about the dessert. I know. <laughs> say, I didn't love, say Well, of course. And ranch is honestly like dessert on my pizza, for real. Exactly. Yeah, I'm just, dude, all right. So anyways, Raising Cane's doesn't have ranch now. We're, we're way off on food tangents like we Just do. to be clear, blue cheese is a brain food. It has a positive effect on your brain's performance and overall <laughs> cognitive ability. Our research shows people who choose blue cheese over ranch tend to be more ha, tend to have more sophisticated palates in general. Yeah. Uh, could you right. cite that? Hey, no, go ahead and cite that source. No, no, no. Go ahead. Let's cite not that talk about where it's from. <laughs> yeah, well, no, no. Go ahead. Read the. Dr. Yeah. Google. That's where it was. No, no, no. It was a screenshot. <laughs> it was Anyways, something else. So uh, back to chiropractic. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've gone in on this argument and just, I'm telling you, dude, the majority of people, the world loves ranch. That's true. And yeah. just be okay with it. And yeah. no, it's true. I mean, yeah, most people. Do you people, not like it at all? It's okay. Okay. It's okay. What does Kim Combs prefer? Yeah. I mean, Kim likes ranch. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's in the house too. So anyways, yeah. moving forward, I was going to ask about this. So when people are, are asking you, what, you know, what other things are you guys going to get into? Um, because I know of, you know, some chiropractors are selling like, you know, food allergen tests and, you know, they can get into, um, just brand, I mean, just, I mean, pretty much the gambit, there's so many options and in the form of holistic health as well. And some of them think have a lot of merit and some of them are like, yeah, it's a little bit more of like a money grab feel, you know, but what is it that maybe you guys are looking into as a potential possibility? Um, a lot of things, but nothing, nothing has, uh, I'm still working on a lot of them right now. Um, one of them, I think I talked to both of you guys about too. Um, it's going to be a hemp food company, hemp nutrition company. Um, so dabbling into the supplement world, but then even get into the food world too. Um, obviously we want to get into real estate. I think that's not going to go away. It's huge. Um, and those are the two main ones right now. Um, Nothing really directly in the office, though. I wouldn't be I'm selling the supplements in there. I, you wouldn't I be doing want, the hemp products in the office now? No. I, I, I want to uh, scale that in a way where I can step away from that and really work on these other companies, as I think that uh, that industry with hemp and uh, more vegan alternatives is, is really growing. I think we've seen that with tons of companies out there. Um, Oatly is one of them that's just massive, where they do oat, oat uh, milk. Something. Right. So... Uh, I have a question for you as far as, you know, if you guys hire an associate into the to the store or into you guys' practice, um, you had talked about, uh, you know, you guys didn't want to go work for somebody because you felt like it was, there was, there was a, a level to when, you know, how far you could grow with them. What are you guys' specific plans to, to be able to basically create a culture and create um, a system as to where somebody can grow within it? Yeah, um, I guess how far can they go with identity? Yeah, so that's a great question because there's going to be a lot of people that uh, want to grow and start their own as well. 
Um, and especially if you're hiring people that are extremely motivated and yeah. this falls like with what you guys do too. Um, but I think that lies in the opportunity for growth and, and what they can expect. Um, obviously I want to hire someone that's a high achiever that really wants to grow, um, and build their own personal brand. Um, but I want to help supplement that, um, and, and eventually work them into ownership of the business or profit share. Um, which I think is the direction that most medical facilities are honestly going, even up to MDs. There's a lot of offices where they're sharing offices now. Um, and so a group effort, building that culture, um, and eventually leading to profit share. Oh, that's cool. Because, yeah, because I love that. otherwise you get stuck as an associate and you can make good money as an associate. You can get up into the six figures, um, but you will cap out because your time will be capped out. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think when you do that profit sharing, there's just when you're truly motivated as an individual and you're taking ownership of the business because, you know, you putting your stamp on, on the business means a lot to you, right? Yeah. Like your mm-hmm. name and your reputation means a lot to you. Eventually you'd like that to be tied into how much you get paid. And when you get profit share and you get to see that, I think that somebody who's taking ownership now is really going to take ownership, right? And now they feel tied to how much they're getting paid based on how, this, how the actual office performs. Yep. So I think that's a home run. That's a great idea. Yeah, the the um, I, I also think that there's a lot to be said for just bringing somebody in who's new and, and maybe doesn't have um, the knowledge as far as as business and being able to show them, hey, man, you know, this is this is how you obviously you're great at social media. This is how you you know market yourself on social media. These are the type of videos that are valuable that people are that get people to engage with them, you know, and I think that a lot of people out there are just. I've learned a lot of people like to have their hand held a little bit. It's not that they're, they're incapable of doing it if you show them how to do it, but they're not going to, they're not going to take the initiative on their own and it doesn't mean they can't be successful long term. So that's awesome yeah, to hear. We're, you we're a product of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Kyle and I got, you know, we were just, we didn't know anything about anything. We had to be taught all of these things. Um, and we were grateful to be, you know, taught those things on somebody else's dime while we made all these mistakes. And that's what, you know, put us in that position. So somebody is going to have an opportunity of a lifetime to join with you guys. That's really cool. That's super special. Um, And that's the way you guys got to look at it because, you know, you guys are so seasoned now. You can walk them through all this without having to make all the same mistakes. Um, I want to go back to that initial that initial build out of your guys's office. Um, because you guys did it super uncharacteristic. Um, for those of you listening that have not opened up your own business, you typically negotiate with a landlord and they try to sign you up for as many years as you're possibly okay with. 20 year lease. <laughs> they'll try to, they'll throw anything at you to get you to sign on for longer. And so um, most of them start off in like the, the three to five year range. Um, no, 10. No, I'm saying that like you're going to try for that. Oh, you're yeah, gonna you're going to try for that. <laughs> you're going to try for a 135 somewhere in there. They're going to come at you with a 10. And to get you to sign on the dotted line for, you know, you know your startup, uh, typically landlords will help you with the build out of your business. So most businesses are going to be in line in a shopping center. Imagine like a big blank, you know, white box, right? Like a big blank slate. And you got to put in your own flooring and your own walls and your own paint in your own fixtures, which would be like shelving, so on and so forth, um, TVs, anything else you're going to put in there, it's all on you, right? And so they give you something called TI dollars or tenant improvement allowance. You guys didn't get a whole lot of that, did you? 
right? Because I remember you did the entire build out yourselves. So this is this is interesting to talk about. So we did not hire anyone to negotiate. We just kind of went in there and did it on our own. Um, we went and saw quite a few locations, and this one just worked out great. The landlord was great. She was also the owner of the complex, which was incredible that she was the one showing it. She was willing to work with us. Um, and then at the end of the day, we kind of took a page out of your book, which is, uh, and I've learned this from you, this, if you don't ask, you won't get it. So ask them in a way where it's like, this is pretty much what you have to do. Otherwise, it's not going to work for us. And uh, we didn't get very much tenant improvement. So we did the floors. Um, we had our uh, brother-in-law. He did the painting for us. Um, had some really good buddies who do electrical. So Lance Hack. Um, and it was really a team effort to get everything done. And at the end, um, it cost a little bit more than we thought it would just for material. And so we, we just asked the landlord and said, hey, this costs a little bit more. And she refunded, I think, almost 75%. Wow. No so, kidding. Yes. So, wow. so that's not common. <laughs> no, no. You're no. lucky you, you knew who the landlord was and it was a nice lady. <laughs> well, usually it's just a big conglomerate that's out of Arizona and they're yes. like, what? But they they might have given them more TI dollars if it was a big conglomerate out of, out of Co- Arizona. Correct. You might have well. got so, more up front. So, yeah. so we, looked, we, we looked around a lot and uh, the place really needed a lot of work. But the thing that really convinced us was how willing she was to work with us and, and, and how well she negotiated with us. And honestly... Um, a lot of people just don't do that. They just jump into their first location. And the thing I, like if I were given business advice, it would be to look around and to negotiate the best deal possible to set yourself up for success. Cause I think too many people just jump in and just throw money at something. Yeah. And how much do you guys think location matters in this? Because I think that's uh, pertinent when you're looking around at these different spots. Um, you know, how, how much, how visible, you know, your place is and so forth. Cause you guys aren't like tucked away, but you're also not like, you know, next to a, you know, a Home Depot or something. You know what I mean? So for us, uh, I wasn't super concerned with visibility just because we're more of a destination place. For sure. Um, people aren't just driving by. I'm like, oh, referral based. No one's yeah. just, yeah. you know what? That looks like a good chiropractor. Yeah. yeah. Let's swing yeah. by. So, so what sold us obviously was the, the deal we worked with the landlord, but also um, just the location off 435 and 69. Mm-hmm. You can get anywhere. In, in, I mean, downtown's 15 well, minutes. I love your guys' location. Yeah. yeah. Super easy to get to. And so. so I remember, you know, we were at your guys' um, you know, grand opening party. I don't know if it was like the initial grand opening, mm-hmm. but just uh, the party itself. And, you know, it was cool to see because we were just getting started as well, you know. And so it was just cool to see kind of these other businesses helping each other out. The uh, the prizes that were given, like the attendance prizes for being at your guys' party. I just remember all the different ones there and they all had some kind of a tie, some kind of a connection. And I'm sure you're still friends with all those people today. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just special. It's cool to see people helping each other out. Um, who are all genuinely trying to do good things. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, all the businesses that were supporting you that day, remember we're all yeah. just damn good people yeah. first, and, you know? And, and that's what we need more of, honestly, to speak on that. And specifically to like uh, Caleb, who you had on the podcast mm-hmm. earlier too. Caleb so. Blankenship from uh, The Body Shop. Yep. Yeah. So Caleb came to me and I've talked to him multiple times about business and he was saying he was looking for a location. And I was like, you need to look in our location. You can talk to landlords. You'll get a great deal. It's affordable easy to get to easy, easy, easy access. Um, and I mean, man, he's doing great. Yeah. Like incredible. Yeah. yeah they're, they're expanding. expanding. Yeah, so, excited yeah. to watch their expansion fully uh, happen. I know they're yeah. still waiting on some stuff, but, um, what, what would you, cool. uh, what, so if, if anybody that was listening that maybe, uh, interested in starting their own chiropractic practice what's your guys's best advice to those people what you know what was the biggest roadblock or you know what was what was the most difficult part getting off the ground in the beginning oh little is ago and then i'll answer mine so go ahead um selling myself that was my hardest part yeah 
like he was able to go to gyms and talk to people and I was just too shy about it um and then as the more like I've built my confidence in in my passion I'm now just selling myself just by talking which is awesome yeah Alyssa's an incredible doctor though honestly she's much better than I am and she works with it I just say that honestly and uh she does such a great job that she doesn't have to do anything anymore which is incredible um she works primarily with uh, prenatal care and pediatric care and they absolutely love coming in and it's because she does such an incredible job so that's awesome you uh so what what I mean, was it just over time? Was it just working with people and, and having those conversations and seeing people come back and seeing people come back feeling better that was building that confidence? Yes. Um, well, just taking everything that I had learned and then it actually works. Yeah. Which is so fascinating. Yeah. Um, and then the more I did it on more patients, the more I was like, okay, I know what I'm I doing. I get it. Yeah. Yep. It's I'm starting to it. click. Yep. Yep. I was like, I can do this. And then and then it's icing on the top that she's just so passionate about that, that specific area too, that I love women's keeps her care, going. just yeah. women's care in general. I think that, you know, we talk about that a lot as far as with personal training too, is that people get into, um, a lot of people want to, uh, make sales seem like it's a dirty word or, or act like my job is not a sales position. And I'm like, yeah, you know, no matter what you're doing, you're going to have some aspect of sales going yeah. on. You know, if you're like, if money's, if money's exchanging hands, you're, sale you're, happens. you're yep. selling, you're selling yep. same thing with personal trainers, same thing with chiropractors, anybody that's a professional, you have to sell your services at some point. So, and then it comes back to, do you think you're worth it? Yeah. But if, if you, at the end of the day, if you feel like you're helping someone and you're doing the best to help them, it's yeah. worth it. If you're, and I, and I want to say that Eric, in our previous conversations, that was like one of the harder things for you was putting yourself in that position of having to ask, Hey, you know, this is what we need. You know, yeah. like when you're giving somebody kind of like not a diagnosis, if you will, maybe like a prescription mm-hmm. in the sense of, Hey, I'm prescribing you, you know, 10 more sessions or five more sessions um, to, to really work this problem all the way through. Yeah. Um, has that, how have you adjusted with that? Um, you know, as the career has gone on with being feeling comfortable in those situations of having to be one-on-one with somebody and saying, Hey, you know, I know you think in your expectations, this was going to be done in one session. It'd be unprofessional of me to tell you that, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, it's such a hard, you know, cause people's expectations, that's really, someone yeah, comes into my store and they, they think they can get a good protein for $10. And I'm like, that's just not real. You know, I don't know what else to tell you. We, we always make the joke that it's the Amazon treatment. You know, you come in once in the two days, you'll be fixed. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but I, I definitely still struggle with that. I think it's only because we still have that stigma with that. When you go into an office, they're automatically going to tell you it's, you know, 24 or 36 visits. And that's not unheard of. That's honestly, I've had patients come in that say that's what they were prescribed. Um, and I, I think the thing that helps you get over it is you just got to be brutally honest with yourself and with the patient on um, what the expectations are for recovery. And uh, it's not a problem with like physical therapy. You know, when you go to physical therapy, it takes a certain amount of time to develop strength and to really feel well. And uh, we practice a lot like physical therapists in a, in, a, in a sense that we do a lot of manual therapy, but then we also try to do a lot of rehab. So if we expect you to get better long-term um, and for this to stay away, it, it's going to take some effort. And uh, just getting brutally honest with ourselves and being able to just portray that and say, hey, takes time to develop strength you've been having this problem for six months it's not going to go away and you know two visits we've really got to work through this um and then the more and then getting them bought in that the more that they can do the less likely they're going to have to see you that often right and how and how did you guys come up 
um, with your actual price that you would you would have somebody come in for. Let's say I'm signing up for a visit, you know, right off the street coming in. You're going to you know I don't know adjust me. Um, what is that? Not, not what is that you. price? But what did you guys? How did you guys come up with that number? Because that's tough uh, as a first time business owner, and you're not selling a tangible product in this instance. You're selling your service. And, you know, you haven't sold your service yet, you know, on your own. So it's just, what? how did you guys come up with that number? That's a tough thing to do. So I'm sure Alyssa, she probably went off of the office you worked at, correct? Yep. Um, but also, uh, I think we you can look up kind of the average cost of services in your area for chiropractic specifically and kind of base it on that. And I would say when we first started, we were way undervalued. Um, and I honestly still think we're severely undervalued for what we do in terms of the amount of time we spend with people. Um, cause at a lot of office, you'll get five to 10 minutes max. Um, lucky. yeah. And, and, uh, for that amount of time, you know, they're still going to charge you almost $50. Right. Um, and, and for us spending 25 to 30 minutes on average with rehab and stuff like that, um, we're not charging that much more. And, uh, it, that's the only, uh, downfall about chiropractic is that some of the people that do make the most money are spending very little time with their patients and having them come in more time more often um so they have the ability to charge a little bit less they like know the game if you will and take advantage of it more or less the insurance game yeah yeah insurance and then it's just uh like going back to it circling back that people don't know what they don't know so if this is normal you know to come in for that's their normal yeah that's their normal um and when they do come to our office, because we've had multiple come from other offices and they see the, the amount of time and, and care and compassion that we put into one single visit, they'll tell us that like they feel significantly better after one visit than they did after 20 in another office. Unheard of. Yeah. That's it's, unreal. It's, it's just a little bit more attention to detail. And, and that's if you're like a if you're, a, you know, somebody who's going into business for themselves and you have imposter syndrome, like many of us have all had and you probably still do at times. You just think in your head you have that little bit of self-doubt that creeps in and you don't know really what to charge. The one thing that I can, it's funny, like uh, when you're talking about pricing, you can you can come across like, um, you know, hesitant on wanting to ask for the, the sale or ask for money from somebody. But when you talk about like, hey, how are you compared to your competitors? It's like all of a sudden the real you comes out, right? Like everybody gets all of a sudden like, you know, uh, competitive and you start saying like, oh, I know I'm better than this. You know, I try way harder. We care way more. We put in way more effort. And then it's like, all right, then why don't you price yourselves like that? Yeah. You know, and that's where I want everybody who's listening to to really think about that. Like, how would you really compare yourself to your competitors? Well, what do they charge? And you better make sure that you're priced accordingly. And don't be afraid to charge more if you're giving more because you're going to run yourself into the ground when you start a business and it doesn't matter what that business is and it better be worth your time. I want to know who inspires you guys. So from a business standpoint or from a life standpoint, who do you think, who, who would you say, who would you point to as being the biggest inspiration you guys have? You want me to go on that one? Yeah. Um, I think mine's always been the same person. Uh, it would be my grandfather. Well, actually, both my grandparents, honestly. Um, absolutely love them. They're the best people in the world. Um, but when you talk to them about their, their story and what they did, they were married at 18 and 17, had two kids by 20 years old, didn't have a lot of family support, um, weren't very well off financially. And when you talk to them about their life story of raising kids with little money and, and how they got to where they where they were, where they are now, they aren't wealthy by any means, but they lived a really great life and raised a great family with my, my mom and my, my family. And uh, I talked to my grandpa multiple times about that. Um, 
he had four or five moms when he was growing up. Um, two of them passed away from cancer when he was really young, so no real mother figure. His father was abusive, um, and he was married young, so he didn't really have either of a, a positive role model. And uh, when they had their two kids, he was working full-time, um, going to school full-time, while my grandma was trying to work full-time, altering schedules. And uh, we complain about being busy and having one job and, and no kids. Um, and he just did it. And when I asked him, I was like, well, how'd you do that? And he's like, well, we just did what we had to do. And um, that really resonated with me because I feel like a lot of people, um, they just want the simple fix, quick fix, or they don't want to put in the effort. Um, they look at other people's you know, better situations and say, why, that should just be me, and they should yeah. feel entitled to it. But Life's getting easier, and people are getting un- more and more unhappy. Yeah, yep. yeah. And so he, and, and and more he, and more lazy. Yeah, yep. and he, he put in the effort, and he worked his way up to central office in, in the Kansas City, Kansas School District, and it has uh, had a great job, great career, raised a great family. And it was just simply because that's what he had to do for his family. That's freaking awesome. He, he yeah. didn't complain about it at all. Like, I'm, I'm sure they were tired. I'm sure they were worn out. I'm sure they didn't. That's they the didn't. greatest generation for a reason. Yeah. yeah. They, they didn't know what the hell they were doing raising two kids at 20 years old. Like, yikes. <laughs> there was a, <laughs> yeah. there's a, there's a, like a stand up comedian uh, named, uh, I think his name's Gary Goldman, but he talked about, uh, he's like, the, talk about the greatest generation and his grandparents and stuff. He's like, he's like, he got drafted into World War II. He's like, I can't even tolerate a cold air draft. <laughs> he's like, truth, though. he's like, you open up but, two consecutive doors. He's like, I'm out of the room. But like it's freezing in here. The problem I think now is there's just so much opportunity and it's uh, the access to everything is so much easier. Um, they'll be expected to be simple now. Yeah, but it, it's still not. It's still not. You still have to put in some effort. You're you right. Really you know, I mean, it, it's easier, but no matter what happens, no matter what technology changes, no matter what goes on in the world, you'll always have to be doing more than your peers if you want more than your peers. Yeah. And so, yes, some people are, you know, there's going to be some kind of get rich quick person that nails something, you know, that comes out with an app or whatever it may be. But you'll always have to be doing more than your peers if you want to do do more than your peers. You it, know what I'm saying? It, it relates to that story where they said if you, you know, took all the money from the, the millionaires in the world and distributed it evenly, the people that become millionaires again are going to be the ones that were before. They would accumulate. Yeah. They're going to they're going to become millionaires again. Yeah. yeah. And the people that didn't aren't, aren't right. going to have They'll any money be back left. Yep. What about you, Alyssa? Who's my biggest influence? Or inspiration. Inspiration. Bogey. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's made it 15 years. That's pretty inspirational. inspirational. (laughs) Um, So my parents and family had never gone to college, so I was the first one to go to college. So I kind of just was like, I'm going to, inadvertently, it was kind of my parents just steered me to a direction, like, I need to take care of myself. Um. And I just wanted to have time for my children when I have them. And then, like, my parents didn't have a lot of time for me. They didn't have enough money. So I paid for my undergrad. I paid for college, or chiropractic school. So And I've paid for everything ever since. So it just, I kind of drove myself and just wanted to make sure that I made the life that I wanted and not what, just something, like, I had a great childhood, but I just wanted something better. No, yeah, they, they influenced you for yeah. sure. You yeah. know what I mean? That's awesome. Now, on a much you know less serious note, we ask this question at the end of every, every one of our podcasts. It's okay if you guys haven't listened to an episode before, but we have asked this. They've every listened to every single one, front <laughs> to back. Oh, then you guys know yeah. what this question you is. You guys honestly. know what this question is. Come on. Uh, we know. Son of a. I've only, I've only listened to, like I think it was three quarters of Caleb's. Nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. A good I, one. I forgot his answer. Yeah, it was. I thought his was very good, man. His was moving. 
Um, we ask this at the end of every podcast, and that is just because we're all living here in Kansas City, and most people that listen are going to be from Kansas City. What's the best barbecue here? Oh, Q39. <sighs> this is a tough question. I know. And Joe's is good. Well, it just depends, it depends on, on what, what you're in the mood for. Thank you. What okay. For what kind of barbecue do you want? Well, what's the best? Do you want the best barbecue in St. Louis? Is? I want. I want the best. Sugar Fire. No. Pappy's. No. What? F- four hours west of St. Louis. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's a great question. Oh, <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's a Kansas City in right yeah, there. That's a, I was like, Sugar Fire is pretty good barbecue, dude. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I was like, it's either Pappy's or Sugar Fire. Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving like legit answers. What? Uh. So so in Kansas City, what's the best barbecue for real though? Well, you had to choose one. You got You're going to one to restaurant. One. Where's Eric Phillips going? One, you're going to one restaurant for one thing. Oh man, it's gonna make me sound really uppity, but I do like Q39 just because I like their sandwiches. Oh yeah, the Mister Burns. Call me uppity, yeah. man. I've been, I've been, I've been Q39 every episode. We talk about it. See, I have an Airbnb. The Z-Man's pretty good though. Stay with me. They just asked me what barbecue they should go to, and I was like, yeah. It's just, it's Absolutely. just the unique flavors that they have in their sandwiches. Okay, but if you're going for like straight up barbecue, there's a lot of restaurant or a lot of barbecue places you could go to. They're, and they're all so, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. they're just all a little different. We just had Abby Fish, who owns All Sizes Fitness, newly A2 Fitness. Um, we, she was on our, our episode last week, and she said Q39, but not for the things that we would all re- like think. She was talking about their wings being the best wings. Man. And if you haven't had their wings, oh, my God. We they're, haven't had their wings. On the I, menu, you know, they're called the best damn wings on the planet. Yeah, you know what my problem with it is? I saw someone get those, right? And this is the fat kid in me. Yeah. And they came out, and there was like maybe six of them, and it was like $15. And I yeah. was like, yeah. man, I'm going to need at least like three orders of those. Yeah, but they but now so best. from an actual fat kid, yeah. know that the Q39 <laughs> wings come like breaded yeah. with their barbecue sauce or whatever. They are like an entire meal per wing. I mean, no. they are dense they're Dance okay. Ass wings. <laughs> yeah, I, I, they're okay. Kyle, I'll have to try them now. We'll, they're the best damn we'll wings on the planet, Kyle. <laughs> Jack Stack wings are better than Q39 wings. Totally different wing. They're dry rub versus they're bigger. And there's more food. They have blue cheese. This is this is gonna be kind of maybe frowned upon because this isn't a barbecue restaurant, but Johnny's Wilson wings, dude, they're phenomenal. <laughs> I love them with their blue cheese because it's. Homemade. Yeah, yeah. Wilson. Ranch is really good too. Yeah, they oh, have man. homemade ranch. Go back to ranch. <laughs> hey, but Wilson. Hey, Wilson's wings at uh, Johnny's Tavern. Those are a good shout out. They're great. But like you were saying, like um, totally different wing. One's breaded. One's dry rubbed. One's uh, naked. You know what I mean? Like it's just deep fried wing at at uh, at, at Jack Stack. It's delicious. But Q39s are breaded. I mean, dude, I love Q. You know, I love Jack. Jack Stack's Stack really good though. They're, too. they're yeah. called desert kissed wings at Jack Stack, I believe. I know. (laughs) Yeah, I'm all about it. So maybe a question a little bit more up uh, Alyssa's alley would be uh, what what specific uh, what's your favorite um, dessert? dessert? (laughs) Sorry, Jeff's Jeff's the king of getting me distracted about wanting to ask something. Um, If you're looking for like the cheapest ice cream cone, Quick Trip, forty nine cents. Wow. A quick How trip. That's only throughout summer. And again, right. I'll interject. No, it's all the time. Yeah. What? You choose the wrong quick trips then. <laughs> on, on State Line Road? Yeah. I know which one you go to. <laughs> yes. It's dollar eight for two because yes. the dogs need one. Yeah, of course. I get the dogs one too. But, okay, but we uh, my favorite ice cream. No, your favorite dessert. Favorite dessert. Well, she already said it's oh, ice, ice cream at this point. That's for yeah. sure ice cream. <laughs> I think I can name it. Andy's Frozen Custard. No. Over Betty Ray's? No, I'm going Betty with Ray's. a restaurant dessert. Oh, oh. oh. you're going for dessert. 
Um, Summit yeah. Grills, uh, s'mores cake. Yeah. Whoa. That's the one. Freaking amazing. Whoa. Yeah. Tell us about the s'mores cake. I've never had it. Um, it has like melted marshmallow across the top, graham cracker, chocolate, and vanilla ice cream. It's super. So good. is it actually like a, a like a, a slice of something? It's yes, an actual it's cake. A slice of cake. And they toast the marshmallow, and it's dripping down and it's warm. So and good. oh no, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and there's graham cracker in the thing. It's the crust. So oh shit, <laughs> diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds indulgent. That sounds heavenly. Have okay. you ever been to that place? There's like one last thing I'll say. There's that place that's in Prairie Fire. It's like it was like made specifically for dessert, and it was just I think called maybe just indulgence or something like that. And they had like the most ridiculous looking desserts. Like I thought it was they that had. or like I am or something like that. I can't remember what. Where the name is of that this was. at? I'm not Prairie Fire. It was well, I know where Prairie Fire is at. But was, I'm trying to think of what that Corbett Park. It was called Decadence, oh. and it was in Prairie Fire, and they had. Um, like you can make your own cookie ice cream sandwiches. Of course, we've all seen that, but it was something really unique. Like it was something super fat kid. Like it was like um, a milkshake with like a whole piece of cake in it, and you got to pick your piece of cake or something. Uh, but there's a point. There's a point of diminishing like return. Yeah. <laughs> next date night, whenever you get a, a craving of some sort, maybe go there. Okay. Yeah. So, what what uh, what do you guys want to leave everybody with? Is there any other uh, thing you want to cover while you guys are here? Want to talk about you know where your locations at or where your, what your handles are on social media? Yeah, let's give you guys some plugs here. Some plugs. Uh, uh, located at 69 Highway and 435, so 103rd and Maston. Um, I, my social media is ephillips13. The business one is just Identity Chiropractic. Can't miss it. Yeah. It's a yeah. fingerprint is the uh, yeah. logo. So if you guys yeah. see that, that's them. So, so that's good to talk about, but we can talk about that some other time too. What, the fingerprint? Yeah. You don't love the fingerprint? No, I do like that. Yeah, like, I love it too. It, it, it represents a lot of... Um, why like our mission or what we stand for in our business well let's end on that i think that's a perfect way to end so uh fingerprint obviously unique to each and every individual we really felt that healthcare was transitioning away from that and not treating people as individuals you're more of a number hey this is what's going on this is what we do for you um and we really wanted to bring back personalization to healthcare and, and truly listen to people get to know their stories why they're having their problems and uh, give them a solution that is tailored to them which is what we should be doing in healthcare. Yeah. So that's amazing. And obviously like what could be more individualized than a fingerprint? Yep. Yeah. And then identity plays in that too. So yeah. it's your own personal health identity and that's what we're focused on. So beautiful. Cool. Anyways, if you guys got any kind of value out of this podcast, um, do us a favor, please give it a share. Um, we completely rely on you guys to, to share up the, the podcast and get people um, listening to it. If you know of others that, you know, enjoy physical health or fitness or wellness in Kansas City area, please share them our podcast. And if you haven't already, uh, give some love to Eric and Alyssa Phillips. Uh, go visit their, uh, their chiropractic office and uh, give them some love on social media. Get released. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank right. you guys Appreciate for coming on. Yep. Thank you for having us. Yep.